inches, but you know that's implied. Got the storytelling, ego swelling, pillow talking, moonlight walking, sea hags. Welcome to the Sea Hags podcast. I'm Chris Jeppa. And I'm Katie Norgren, and today we're going to explore the space with uh, Colin Sharp. <laughs> Hello. Who is a comedian and uh, adorable. Oh, there we That's a fine introduction. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the most important part first, and then just what the people really came for <laughs> yeah. in the end. For a podcast, For a especially. podcast. <laughs> They'll never know. Yeah. I did like that on Facebook the other day, we were scheduled to be on the same show, and you were just like, oh, and uh, only the softest boys get booked on these shows. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Well, you know, Jackie, she loves a soft boy. Oh, yeah. Jackie is a soft boy, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, I, I get confused for Jackie a lot, just because I have gay face, too, uh, and hair, but... Like, I think Maddie and her look more alike than me and Jackie oh. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> At least in terms of fashion. So just talking about people that people don't know. Yeah. They listen to the podcast. This is really inside Vancouver comedy baseball. <laughs> yeah. It's inside baseball. It's not actually good. Good podcast material. But, you know, get out of the way. Get it going. Great. How are you doing, Colin? I'm doing all right. I'm on the rebound. I was sick. And now I'm less sick. Mm-hmm. And you got your, like, cup o citron? Yeah, but it's, it's knockoff. Oh, it's not the good stuff. <laughs> it's... I was... My girlfriend was nice enough to go get some neosurgeon, but I'm still going through uh, the London Drugs brand. For when they didn't have neosurgeon for like two years? Yeah, it's just called Hot Lemon Relief. I know! <laughs> I have that exact same one, Hot yeah. Lemon Relief. That just sounds like you're jacking a lemon off. Yeah, yeah. Oh. This lemon's really sexy, and I'm going to give it some Hot Lemon Relief. This lemon is juicy. Squeeze my lemons till the, the juice runs down, down my <laughs> But I think I've offered you Hot Lemon Relief at my house before when you weren't feeling well. It's possible. You're like, mm, yeah. I'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. It sounds really bad. Does it still does it have any, like, good drugs in there, or is oh, it yeah. just, like, It's better a... than nothing. Well, it's, you, I mean, you look at the, at the ingredients list, mm-hmm. and even, like, the, like, even, like, the percentages on the medicinal ingredients are exactly the same. <laughs> it's like, scientists made it. They figured out what's going on. I still think, I like the name brand one. It knocks me out more, somehow. Yeah. Well, the name brand one, they, look, I've become a bit of an expert recently. Okay. <laughs> They've got more flavors and stuff. They got so many flavors. You can get wild cherry. Like you might, you might have. Ew. <laughs> yeah, that sounds horrible. No, uh, sounds very bad. Podcast listeners might not know this, but uh, downstairs in the kitchen, I asked for a little bit of honey to go with this. And uh, if you get the neocitrin itself, they have a honey plus lemon flavor. You don't even need the extra. Oh honey. wow! Uh, I put it in though. Yeah, I still do. That's how I. That's how I do it. Yeah, yeah, honey flavor is bullshit. You need the sweet, sweet medicinal properties of a good raw honey. Of a good local honey, mm-hmm. yeah. A bee, you know. Yeah, it's from when I had I, I had like a neighborhood um, feast that I threw down at the peony and like invited a bunch of people to come and I got like a small neighborhood grant to put it on. And I asked everyone to bring some food. It was like a neighborhood potluck, meet your your neighbors, etc. And this beekeeper showed up with like tons of tiny little jars of local honey that was made like just across the street, basically, which is lovely. That's and apparently cool. you're supposed to eat the, if you're kind of, if you have bad allergies, you're supposed to eat the local honey, because mm-hmm. yeah. it kind of inures you to, like, the weird pollen and stuff like that. God damn. Yeah. We These are the coolest shit. <laughs> Explain neighborhood grant. <laughs> it's I was like, I was like, look. neighborhood, his name is Grant. <laughs> and he gives people money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a small neighborhood grant. Yeah. He just, he lives in one of those little book houses over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <a> tiny library. <laughs> Cute. I love Grant. They should, they should totally make a mascot 
uh, for the grant program. And his name is Neighborhood Grant. Small Neighborhood Grant. He's got, he's, he's got the same mustache as you for some reason. <laughs> yeah, sure, I was actually picturing that exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you could play him, basically. I think we'll I, get you green screen. Yeah, a green screen. I and th- then you'll have you like, oh, these, there's so many books in these tiny <laughs> libraries. I think I'd wear a robe. Okay. Yeah. Like you've gone out to get your paper or something? Yeah, not like... And you locked yourself out, so now you live in the neighborhood? (laughs) Just like, not like just a robe, but I'm just like a guy that puts a robe over my clothes for some reason. That's what I'm picturing for like like a a Like a bathrobe or like a cassock? Are we talking like a priest vestment? Okay, so we've gone over what a neighborhood grant is. I want to know what a cassock is now. (laughs) It's a priest dress. A priest, sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's a dress a priest wears. I just picture a man that just gives away money in the neighborhood as somewhat a man of leisure. Okay, so it's like a smoking jacket type. Yeah. More than anything else. It can be a smoking jacket. It's not classy. Yeah. You're not going out there in a Snuggie or anything. No, no. (laughs) Or... Proud Snuggie owner, Christine. I mean, I'm not ruling it out. (laughs) I I love my Snuggie. Yeah, why (laughs) wouldn't you? It's extremely warm. Yeah, it should be. That's its whole entire job. Yeah. It's a blanket with sleeves. Yeah. What are you going to do about this? A slanket, if you will. No. <laughs> no, you have brand loyalty. Speaking, speaking of brand name loyalty, yeah, I'm definitely more of a Snuggie than a slanket girl. Like, yeah. It's bullshit. Kleenex uh, over whatever the A small neighborhood is. grant is the Vancouver Foundation. Um, it's like a local charity thing that gives scholarships and things like that. But you can apply if you have some kind of cute neighborhood project. Huh. So if you wanted to build a tiny library, for example. Tiny library. If you wanted to do a community garden. If it's like, I want to run workshops about canning. Or like some people put on the McSpadden County Fair oh, cool. at a park. And they've had like zucchini races and stuff like that. It was very cute. <laughs> You put you put little wheels Go on a banana. You put little wheels. <laughs> <laughs> you put little wheels on your zucchini. You have to grow the zucchini yourself. You put little wheels on. You paint it up like a little derby car, and then you run it down a ramp. Mine's oh number sixty nine. <laughs> just they... a real phallic zucchini. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to really stretch. <laughs> but like one of those zucchinis that kind of curves up, you know? <laughs> yeah. What if I just put an eggplant in the race? <laughs> Would that be okay? Oh man! I believe that. So my my girlfriend grew up on Salt Spring Island, and oh we wow, were, I believe it. We were just <laughs> look, buckle your shit up, because <laughs> I'm a drop of reference to a local island, <laughs> a very nice local island, a very nice very local much. island that decided to make their own currency at one point. Um, so. Uh, one of the, they have the, the Harvest Festival in Salt Spring, and... and someone is sacrificed every year. <laughs> and every year. Um, but one of the things that they do, uh, we were looking into it, like, oh, hey, that would be a cool thing for me to, like, go over and, like, and she can show me around her homeland, <laughs> and we're looking at, like, what happens as part of the Harvest Festival, and motherfucking zucchini races... Apparently it's a thing. ...is part of it. Wow. And I'm looking through, like, the qualifiers and stuff, and they have, like, different divisions... God. <laughs> ...based on, like, uh, whether or not... The- Varsity. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra heavyweight. <laughs> Triple A, yeah. Welterweight. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Cruiserweight zucchini. Yeah. Just, yeah. But it's, uh, they have different classes based on uh, if the axle of your zucchini car's wheel goes through the zucchini or is part of a supporting mm. system. <laughs> so if there's a zucchini chassis or if the zucchini itself. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. They have so much time. Yeah. <laughs> That's my, it's, it's, it's don't my, you just love when someone just cares about a thing? Yes, so much. <laughs> I love it so much because like I just don't have time to give a serious shit about any one thing. Uh, and yeah. I feel like in Salt Spring, that's all they do. Yeah. Is you pick one thing and you focus on it to the exclusion of all else. 
It's my yeah. favorite place to be, other than Portland, maybe, because they're the same. Yeah. Kind of, you just go, and everybody's got a weird thing that they do, and they're all strange, and you but don't it's st- so nice and generous. I like to go there because I don't <coughs> stick out. Like, I just look like I belong. So it's not like, even in Vancouver, I still feel kind of like, ah. <laughs> no, I don't. It's fine. I'm, everybody's weird here, but they're extra yeah. weird there. I was there once, and the Pride Parade started, and it was like, 18 people or yeah. something, because it's not a big community. <laughs> and you just joined in and walked with them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But it's great. She actually... So when did she move from Salt Spring? Like, 10. Okay. Yeah. So she, she didn't, like, go to high school there or anything? No. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I got to... She got to experience the, the high school system of, of, of Richmond. <laughs> oh, mm, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, the, uh, but Salt Spring has the only high school of the Gulf Islands, as far as I know. And so everybody, so. like, commutes by, uh, like, boat bus. <laughs> or bus boat, I guess. Is the... <laughs> Ferry? Oh, yes. No. <laughs> Ferry is the correct word. <laughs> <laughs> it's a boat bus. <laughs> You know, it's a boat, but it's like a bus. Do they have a word for that? <laughs> I like that there's, like, throughout Lower Mainland, there's, like, so many different unique forms of transportation that are different combinations of sea and yeah. land transit. Yeah, and you bus. settle on the only one that doesn't exist. <laughs> Sea bus, no. Sea bus, aqua bus, water taxi. None of them. <laughs> okay, but a, but a boat bus. But a boat I'm bus. Just, I'm just, what about a it's boat almost bus. bolt bus? Yeah, it's almost bolt bus. Yeah. <laughs> the bus ride that never costs a dollar, no matter what it tells you. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, the kids that live on. I think it's like Gabriola have to commute over to Nanaimo for. High school, and there's signs all over the ferry that's like, any students, like, you have to follow this code of conduct. Oh, wow. I guess they're just such bad hooligans. Bad that, hooligans. You know, they just fuck up the ferry all the time. Those Gabriola hooligans <laughs> with their fresh berry pies and, <laughs> and, I don't know, smoked salmon? What would they have? Alpacas. <laughs> That'll fuck up the ferry for sure. <laughs> Sorry, I brought my llama on this boat. <laughs> they're different animals, Chris! <laughs> God damn it. Llama will really fuck up the mm-hmm. boat, the boat bus. But anyway, so a small neighborhood grant. <laughs> I'll just tell you that you can just, if you have a good idea, right. like zucchini races. Or apaca races. Yeah, you can yeah. apply and sometimes the Vancouver Foundation will give you money to do the thing. Apaca huh. deathmatch. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> will they give me money for that? No, but I don't want to see them die. I put a knife on this alpaca. <laughs> it's ready to fight. No. Knife packer. They're already so. It's nasty. like a unicorn, but it's a knife. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't. So think, cute. I don't think animal cruelty would really qualify for that. No, probably not. I've been reading a lot of like ancient history books, so I'm just like, yeah, put a knife on an alpaca. That's a reasonable thing to do. That's how people get their entertainment, Chris. You're like, Katie, we have TV. Oh fuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Man, into the when I read when I read history books, I usually don't end up settling on we should arm animals <laughs> <laughs> and make them fight to the death <laughs> for our entertainment. Uh, those who do not learn from history are doomed <laughs> to have knife packers. <laughs> <laughs> Potential. <laughs> Just saying. You can apply for a small neighborhood grant for animal modification. Animal <laughs> modification. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Let the animals choose for themselves. Are you okay? <laughs> I just really don't like the idea. Don't worry. Okay, well, I'll get the grant. You don't have to help. Okay. What weapon and animal conversation uh, combination would you be okay with? Duck and a corkscrew. 
Oh, they already have that. <laughs> They're weird, horrible penises. What about, okay, what about like a turtle with a buzzsaw glued to the top of the shell? <laughs> it just comes at you very slowly. Yeah, it just, it gives you tiny nicks, basically. Yeah, it's an inconvenience. Yeah. What other kind of animal weapon combination would be good? Crow and... Well, we already have crows with knives in Vancouver. Yeah. That's true. Crow knife. <laughs> crow knife. No. No. You guys are just leaving me hanging. I know, I'm so sorry. up with anything. So how was your week, Katie? <laughs> oh boy, how was my week? Um, a lot of it was just leading up to that uh, that showcase, and then it was not great. And <laughs> so I was just kind of like, oh, well, that was what I was saving all of my energy for. So I'm going to do a shitty job on your show on Tuesday, Colin. <laughs> I'm going to not bring my A-game. That's oh. not true. I get to do my dirty you're, bits. You're a goddamn professional, Katie. Bring bring whatever game you want. It's, it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to bring Settlers of Catan. <laughs> the least good game. Oh, man. Yeah. Thought, thank goodness I didn't wear my Settlers of Catan t-shirt. No, you're, you're, you're Bill Nye the Science Guy, Science Rules. Yeah. Is he wearing shorts? Um, he like is it. wearing shorts, and he's got a rope. And long johns. Long johns. Yeah. Says Science Guy. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. He is. I remember, I, I've, I had a flash memory, because everybody keeps talking about Riverdale, about mm. a um, an Archie comic that, they had a Bill Nye knockoff called Phil McPherson, the science person. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that uh, fucking delights me to no end. Oh my god. Yeah. I liked it. It was like, oh, very gender neutral, super progressive. Guys, nice work. I loved it. It was good. Yeah. But that's, yeah, everybody keeps talking about Riverdale. I'm like, people are dying on this show. Like, yes. Riverdale is not that dark of a place in the, the universe it's that I'm aware so of. It's so dark. It's so dark. It's so good. It's I love, so dark. I love a fucking dark, gritty teen. I realize that I like everything. You like CW. a dark, gritty teen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> teen drama okay. about beautiful, rich people. They've, uh, the CW has relaunched Dynasty. Which is great. New generation. Which is great. And I know that I don't have to watch it to have an attitude, but I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> I waited until you had water in your mouth. <laughs> that was really hard to keep in. <laughs> you probably shouldn't do that. I mean, this is mostly your equipment. <laughs> True. But it's good. It's really good. It's really everyone's, good. Everyone's super attractive and sleeping with each other and... Well, that's what you do when you're attractive, I guess. And rich <laughs> and have, like, all kinds of, like, fracking companies and stuff like that. I don't know. It's dramatic and wonderful. I feel like I, I, there's these, these TV shows about these rich teens, mm -hmm. like as somebody that grew up in West Vancouver, I'm just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a rich teen, Colin? Uh, I mean, I, my family is, uh, better off, so you're, but you're a bratty rich teen. I, uh, I, I would say that I grew up around teens that were so bratty and so rich that I like recoiled in response to that. Yeah. Like, you had my, to swing the pendulum the other way a little bit. For my first few years of university, like several times, uh, people, uh, to me, it was the greatest compliment that anybody ever paid me when we'd be like, oh, where are you from? Like, West Van. They're like, I never would have guessed. And I'm like, <laughs> swish. <laughs> See, because I, I, I grew up in North Delta, and I was from an yeah. upper middle class family, so it yeah. was like a little bit, not that I was ever a snooty rich kid or anything, but it just, yeah, yeah that was, you could be kind of big fish in that little pond, but in West Van, I've, I've barely ever been there, and I've lived yeah. in Vancouver my whole entire life. I went visited you when you were house-sitting. Mm -hmm. That was a weird experience. It, have the, it has its own bus system. Yeah, they it's have very their own bad. buses. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not very great. bad. Yeah. 
It's basically used exclusively by housekeepers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like when I was commuting to work from West Vancouver on the bus, it was just me and a whole bunch of temporary foreign workers, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, just, and people that work at Park Royal. Mm-hmm. The mall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, yeah. very, I'm very familiar with West Van because I grew up on the Sunshine Coast. So oh. you take the ferry in, right Horseshoe through. Bay, and then you yeah. just go to Park Royal. That was yeah. the, like the closest mall there was, basically. Mm-hmm. To Gibson, so if you ever needed something from the Forever Twenty One, has to go to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, so I like West Van. Just I thought that was Vancouver. Oh yeah, and it it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much its own thing. Yeah. What was it like growing up there? Actually, it seems like I mean I was a very uh, very shy shy child. Just kind of, like, I kept to myself and was just, like, generally agreeable. Is that why you're sitting with your arms crossed right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're, like, afraid we're going to pinch your nipples. We're going to protect all your soft organs on this podcast. We are dangerous women. This position has come from a lot of practice. (laughs) A lot of, like, oh. Yeah. I know, like, I didn't have, like, a million friends, but I also didn't, like, not get along with people Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I was very content just to, like, hang out at home on the internet learning about hip-hop. Uh, like that was, that I never would have guessed. Yeah, go <laughs> that you know everything about hip hop. It's there's, my knowledge goes way deeper than it should. <laughs> it's like if only that I if I had like applied that to like history at the time, then I'd be making my own knife pockets. <laughs> so you have you have your degree in history. I should, but you don't. That would be, I don't. No. Oh, okay. I no. thought if you'd spend that much time studying history, so I was like, what did you actually study? Communications? Oh, no, no, no. That was purely me trying to shoehorn in a callback. Oh, I see. Uh, no, I went to SFU. I didn't let it go at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a bitch about this. <laughs> no, I went to SFU for in their design program, interaction design. So, uh, IAT? IAT, yes. Mm. That's the stuff. I'm an advisor there, so I know the lingo. Mm-hmm. Mm, everyone's, got, everyone's got their acronyms. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Yeah. So, that's what you did. Yeah. Did you like it? When did you graduate? Uh, 2013. Okay, so I was there a year after you, but you're younger than me, right? Like you're 26? I'm 28. Oh, you have that <laughs> tiny little baby face. Yeah. It's so soft. <laughs> Such a soft, soft boy. <laughs> no, I... I that tiny little... make you feel? It doesn't seem nice. No, it's not really very nice, but that's okay. I get it all the time. <laughs> Does that make it better or worse? No, you using me so good when you got in today. I can't remember. I said something about like, yeah, the bee, oh. the bee that made this honey. His name is like. Oh yeah, you were like whatever. talking about oh this this bee the like which which his name's like Scott he, or his something. His name is this, and I was like, actually, all bees that produce honey are female. And, and Colin said, Katie, take a day off. <laughs> And I was like, oh, God, yeah, I do need to take a day That's off. Yeah. so good. I have a lot to deal with, uh, and I'm aware of that fact. So as long as we know our stereotype that we embody. Oh, yeah. That's fine, I think. We have a baseline. Yes, absolutely. So you, We you, have a baseline. Yeah. We do, from you were the humor editor on The Peak. And you, were and you were a shrill SJW bitch. And I was a shrill <laughs> SJW, SF Perg, all of the other acronyms. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys so are we, a little bit oil and watery? Yeah, we didn't really meet even, I don't think. We didn't no. really ever meet face to face. I would just shit talk you. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I mean, I was working on Slut Walk, I guess, back in 2011, and we yeah. couldn't get the peak to run anything about it in advance, but like, right after it happened, you guys ran that douche trek piece. Yeah. I was like, fucking Colin Sharp, I hate this guy. <laughs> what was douche trek? Douche trek, where they just like made a parody of Slut Walk and called it douche trek, and it was like, we need protection for douches. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was like... It was direct, but it was not a very deep. Like, no, no, it was not. It wasn't a beautiful piece of satire. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't cutting and deep. It was just yeah. like very surface level. I gotta level. fill some column space. To get <laughs> here's here's some here's some dumb jokes about Axe body spray. And let's <laughs> let's move it along. <laughs> yeah, I really look back on what I was doing when I was in college, and I was like, oh man, I was so stressed out that nothing was fun ever. <laughs> the entire four years that I went back to school. Yeah. So I just like yeah. I could not have a sense of humor about anything. And now I don't care about anything anymore. Which is great. You get out of school for a while and you go full nihilist. You're like, oh, there was no point to any of that. Well, yeah. might as well just keep riding it. <laughs> it's not so good. So, yeah. And then I met you doing comedy and I was like, oh, people change. Yeah. Yeah. Do jokes about different things I mean, now. I think the the big thing is is that um, as some, like, I have... I know all the people that worked at the peak and wrote for the peak mm -hmm. so well, and even like close friends of mine at SFU, they'd be like, uh, they'd be like at my house, and they'd like be like, oh yeah, it was weird meeting Graham Templeton. I didn't know he was like that, and it's like, oh, like the way the things that people end up having like published and who they are mm -hmm. were just often just such disparate worlds. I mean, sometimes there was a lot of overlap, but. <laughs> Still, yeah, it was, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, it was so interesting just to see the different perspectives that people could have on somebody mm -hmm. based on some writing what in a student wrote. newspaper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just so funny to look back on it. Cause like on the one hand working in the peak is a lot of work and they produce some like really amazing stories and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like there's some really good, my friend Max Hill was the editor for yep. several years and he's just a brilliant person. And, uh. And then it's just, but it's the idea that it's so important when you're, when you're doing it, right? Like when oh, I was yeah. doing the activist work and there was like any pushback at all, I took it so fucking personally. <laughs> I was just like, you guys are me and I hate you and yeah. I'm going to write in my blog about it yeah. or something. <laughs> and I just, now I'm like, oh God, that I had that energy. <laughs> to do that to care about what to care about anything yeah. and then to like fight back about other people who are like mm, maybe it's dumb to care about that or whatever it's like it's dumb to care about everything yeah <laughs> caring is stupid and you should never do it <laughs> the end of podcast <laughs> that's a wrap <laughs> so um it's a, it's a little trait but tell us how you got started on uh, doing stand-up when did you did you start doing that while you were the humor editor or uh was that after yes i think I think I was. I think I was still technically the humor editor. Um, I. I mean, from from young childhood, I was just like a huge little stand-up comedy nerd. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, start like grade two, grade three. Get home after school, watch comedy at Club Fifty Four. Oh <laughs> my like, god! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just oh, watch. So funny, that... Watch Ben Guyot go up there. And <laughs> <laughs> the and the, just like the the bad sort of scratch sound of comedy now. Oh, oh yeah. We or whatever it was like I, I watched it obsessively yeah. <laughs> do you remember the first like special you ever saw yeah um it, jeremy hotz is comedy now oh my god yeah uh he's so i mean he's still pretty funny i think yeah. but he, that was the funniest fucking thing i'd ever um, seen i was uh so this is like new year's eve of like maybe 98 or something like that little baby colin and i'm me and my friend james are at my friend jake's house we're like in the basement <laughs> and there's this thing on 
and it's like I don't like I don't know what this is, but this is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about like how there's like one the one bit in particular that like stuck with me was his bit about how the Canadian flag is the least intimidating thing in the world. <laughs> and just like, it's a leaf. It's a, it's a leaf. Watch out for Canada or we'll crumple up and blow away. <laughs> and there's a whole military bit about... Anyways, yeah. Like, the Canadian military. Pff, what a joke. He has such a, a distinctive delivery. Like, it, it's, it sounds like he's yeah. really embarrassed of everything he's saying. And so it squeaks out, yeah. kind of, and he holds the mic. Like, he's holds it's the mic tight close. into him. His, like, his he, hand is, like, covering his very nose vulnerable. at all times. He's got a beautiful aqualine nose. Don't cover it up. But yeah, like uh, that special at first, and then a couple years later, it was uh, Chappelle killing him softly. So of course, Classic. as a as a big hip hop fan, I... again, <laughs> still a surprise. <laughs> Even though you said it several times today, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Mm, I don't know if I buy it. <laughs> what do I need to do? <laughs> Can you be any less white than you are currently? Yeah, I'm uh, tapped out. Lord, Lord, though I have tried. <laughs> Maybe wearing a science rules T-shirt is kind of. Yeah, well, when in high school, when I wore fucking football jerseys, despite not being a football player, that didn't work either. So. <laughs> oh, man. Oh man, I think I'd be a lot more into hip hop now if the kid who bullied me the worst in high school wasn't or elementary school wasn't constantly wearing a Wu Tang shirt. Yeah. I was like, Mark, you ruined the Wu Tang for me. That's unforgivable. That's a bad move. It's not okay. So yeah, you like, but you like the hip hop and you like Dave Chappelle. Yeah, and anyways, I was, uh, but yeah, so huge fan of comedy, watching it all the time, just mm -hmm. like taking it in, and then, uh, but. At the same time, being a very introverted mm. and shy person that would, like, occasionally make a close friend or family member laugh. Oh. And then, and just having, like, no desire to be like, oh, I don't know what. No, I just, I just like it. I just like it. I like watching it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, being the humor editor at the peak, all of a sudden, you're, I'm like, oh, okay, this is, I'm not, like, directly, like, reading these out loud to people, but... I'm publishing these things, and oh, like a lot of people, uh, Katie excluded, are <laughs> fuck Colin Sharp. <laughs> are like, oh my god, that's so. They're like, they're they really like it, and mm -hmm. I'm like, oh okay, cool. And then all of a sudden, one of the guys that's like writing comic strips and stuff and sending them in is a guy, uh, Andrew McLaughlin. Oh yeah. Uh, and. Uh, we're becoming friends, and then one day he's just like, "Hey, uh, I know, I know you like uh, stop podcasting yourself, and uh, I'm actually on a show with Graham Clark this week. If you wanted to come," and I was like, "What do you mean on a show?" <laughs> he's like, "Oh, I am doing stand up comedy," and I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> you, you could just do that. All right, I want to tell me everything." <laughs> <laughs> And so he was like, I was like, oh, where do you, where would you go to start? I've been thinking, you know, mm -hmm. and he's like, okay, well, there's, you know, he said a few rooms that were going at the time. And, uh, of course, the one that I went to was Kino Cafe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I finally, like, I went on down. I'm like, hi, Steve. Nice to meet you. And Steve runs the place. I was like, I'd like to do it sometime. And he like booked me in two weeks. And so like, I went like two, three weeks in a row and just watched it. Mm -hmm. 
and that that gave me some confidence. Right, because you can go to you can go to like an open mic and it's just like I can do better than these fucking jokers. <laughs> yeah, some well, people, the, not everybody. Yeah, but like you you see a few and you're just like this doesn't seem as intimidating. I can probably yeah. Do when that. you're comparing it to uh, Dave Chappelle, to, you know Jeremy Hotz's comedy now, you're like oh I I can't do that. I can't do that. Uh, and then you go and you see somebody who's uh, like. 48 and doing it because their therapist told them it would be a good idea. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Rude. I'm just kidding. I'm... So my therapist encouraged me not to do it. <laughs> but you're like, oh, okay, so... Uh, and then you see someone... like Even the, you see someone bomb and then get off... And they're still just there. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, they didn't crying. Yeah, they didn't set themselves on fire. They didn't spontaneously yeah. like drop into a hole that opened up in the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never had a show bad enough to want to do that after, which feels really good. But I'm, it means I'm due. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think the only time I've ever really wanted to d- die was after I I bombed in front of Charlie Demers at the Laugh Gallery. I was just mm. like so sick that day. Yeah. I was right. just like, I should have just died. I should have just died I... for real. I had a particularly awful one, like, maybe a year, year and a half in, doing uh, a Friday guest spot at Laugh Lines. Oh, it's a rough room. Yeah, there's people in this scene. It's, it's, it's very much so a halfway between being in uh, lovely nestled Vancouver and being, like, on the road. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, rougher crowds that aren't, like, they weren't like, you know what, like, I love comedy, we should go see it. They're like... Oh, this is a place that has drinks. Yeah, and it's like, a Friday night, and we're just off work, and we just yeah. need to go somewhere. Out yeah, fuckers. Yeah, so that's my neighborhood. So <laughs> I mean, I know a lot about it, but that is how it feels. So uh, I uh, get on stage for five minutes that feels like ten, <laughs> and just just nothing works. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Eh? Um, and I. Get off, get off stage and head back to the weird little green room at the back. And the headliner guy, I think he's originally a Canadian guy, but based in Chicago now, Derek Lingvanus, he doesn't say a word. All he does is just hug me. Oh, no. <laughs> it was so bad that he's just like, Ugh. <laughs> Oh, that's really sad. Oh, like, and, it's both comforting and very upsetting. And I think he did that specific, because, like, it, um, he even, like, referenced a couple of my jokes on stage. It was like very nice that like 20 minutes later he's like, I liked that bit. Like on <laughs> stage, he's like, because the audience was crap for everybody that night. Okay. So at event, eventually he was just like, no, nah, it, look, it's not just because the idiots knew. You, like I, I don't like you as an audience. <laughs> he's you like, his bit, that was a good, good bit. You didn't like that? Fuck. Fuck you. But, Got that Chicago spice on it. <laughs> so... Anyways, uh, to backtrack to right after my set, so he just hugs me, and then he goes upstage, and then Steve McGowan was hosting that night, and of course he was up right after me, and then he comes back to the green room after Derek is already up, and Steve then, without saying a word, hugs me. <laughs> oh my god. It remains hugs the only... Hugs men, to, yeah, to it re- a man. It remains the only two times I've just like gotten a comforting hug after a bomb. Oh boy. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. That's really rough. Oh, yeah. But you bounce back. (laughs) In theory, you do. I think that if I bombed more, I probably wouldn't keep doing it. But, you know, it's a risk-reward thing. And if there's no reward, like, why would you do it? Because we're never going to make money doing these things. (laughs) 
it's just so like you re- you really have to like enjoy doing it to oh, yeah. do it, and if you don't, then yeah. And I would I would love to be uh, be able to be you know even to be, to be able to legitimately claim it as a part time job. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, like kind of moving towards that, like that is the long term goal and stuff like that. But at the same time, like I like I see you know comics around town that like oh yeah they host their weekly show and like. Like, uh, like that's kind of like, they're not like, a oh, they're touring constantly, but they have their show and they do it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that also looks fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like, really where I'm at lately is, is cause like we're very obsessed as a success. What the fuck was that? Take two. <laughs> we're very obsessed as a society with, um, with having a end goal in mind. Like yeah. there, there has to be some kind of ultimate accomplishment that you want on a path that you're on. And for me, I'm just kind of like, well, sometimes I really don't like doing comedy. Sometimes it's a bummer and I just want to stay home all week. But when it's really good, it's so good. Like it's so much fun to make new friends in the scene and to, you know, talk shit about people behind their backs and (laughs) like have a new joke really go over. It's like the best feeling ever. I've only had that happen once or twice where something brand new, just like slaughtered right out of the gate. And I was like, yeah, I want to do this forever. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had that happen before? Yeah. I, uh, just, there's, I, I find it like I find it espe- especially rewarding. Uh, what I like is pulling an old joke back that like from maybe like my first year mm. or two and being like sometimes I'll you know go through the old notebooks and be like, oh okay, now that I I uh, am uh, not as shitty at this as I used to be. <laughs> yeah, the premise is good. Now we can make it better now with I the tools kinda... that you've developed mm-hmm. over time. Yeah, and like find a way to present it differently and. Um, for and like j- even just like I think it was just like a month ago like I brought back an old bit with like a new setup mm-hmm. and the setup got an applause break oh wow and I was like oh tight <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh you like that thank oh. you me too it's oh. new <laughs> like that I thought of that <laughs> I don't know if you know this I wrote all of this this isn't just stuff I thought of now yeah. like I sat down and I wrote this down yeah <laughs> The whole conceit is that you don't think that about me, but I did, you know? <laughs> this isn't just a flash of brilliance. This is work. Look at it. Just, oh, us? We're just chatting. <laughs> we're just... <laughs> we're just... We're just riffing. Just riffing bits. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Uh, never come back again. It'll spoil it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that really was something that I thought when I was younger, was that comics just talk. And that yeah. they, it seems so natural when someone's really mm-hmm. good. Like, it just seems that they're talking. And there are some people who do that and just do crowd work or whatever. I can't imagine ever doing that. I hate crowd work. I love it. Do you? You're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You are wrong to love it. I love it when it works well, but it's... I mean, I never want to force it. Like, I love... What I love is uh, kind of responding to somebody that kind of puts themselves out there in some Mm, ways. Not necessarily like someone that's heckling. Yeah. Because then it's like, oh, you want attention, go away. But, like... Oh, the person that laughed at a weird point. You're like, what's your deal? (laughs) Why did you like that bit? (laughs) What got you there? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm looking at you. I don't think there was whispers at the table. This was about me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, there was a comic who was trying really hard to do um, crowd work on my show, which I, like I was hosting and booking. It just was not working, but he would not let it go. Wouldn't let it go. It's like a but dog also, with a bone. I was like, please stop this. <laughs> just doing a short set on your show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't do crowd work doing a ten minute set. Like, yeah, come on, that's buddy. That's a little. <laughs> yeah. 
Although sometimes when somebody's doing crowd work and it doesn't work, it comes back around to being good again because it's just so tense and uncomfortable. Like Roman Mancini will do that yeah. while hosting a show, like hosting an open mic where there's 14 people there and there's only two audience members. <laughs> yeah. He'll just grind on them till they want to leave. Oh no. It's just like, oh my God, I don't know why you like this, but I hate it. No, I kind of like it again. <laughs> yeah. But in that, that case, too, he's hosting. Yeah. That's, like, his job yeah. is to be the... He's the go-between between yeah. these two people and He should the make you relieved that another comic has gotten on stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best kind of host. Oh yeah. They Set everybody, everybody up for success. Yes, exactly. But, yeah, when somebody does it on, like, a any kind of five to ten minute spot... Like, if... If crowd work happens, because, like, this kind of, like, the situation I described of, like, oh, somebody laughed in a weird place, mm-hmm. and you're like, excuse me, you, <laughs> what's going on there? I'm like, okay, yeah, that came about naturally. But if somebody just gets on stage, they so say, what do you do for a living? Oh. You're like, you on a so, date? so you didn't come to this to try to be better. <laughs> you just <laughs> came to waste everybody's time. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, yeah. I guess I just, I'm not good at it, so. I'm, I'm so terrified to speak to someone in the crowd. Sometimes the people just shout things, and I kind of like it when it happens, and I can kind of just truck over it. That's fun. Yeah. Somebody, uh, somebody got really excited when I said, um, I think I said, I was talking about Eliza Schlesinger in yep. one of my jokes. as a setup to a joke about vaginas. Uh, and I said Eliza Schlesinger, and someone went, woo, in the audience. And I was like, no, 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 this joke is going in another direction. <laughs> You're not going to like this. You won't like this. She's, I, this, isn't yeah. a, this isn't a pro joke. <laughs> but yeah, my favorite, you saw, you were there for oh, my favorite God. heckle. This is uh, exactly what I was thinking. Which was, was so uh, during my joke about being in the brownies and being uh, put into the gnomes as the small group that I get, because like everybody Everybody else is in the pixies and the fairies, and they put fucking fat ugly kid in the gnomes, <laughs> just not nice. And so I, I like le- I like let it hang in the air. I'm like, you know what group they put me in? And this drunk lady goes, the gnomes. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, you ruined it. Um, yeah. And then Chris came up to me later. She's like, this is all her brilliance. It was, it was just like. She just wanted to connect with you on this soul level. Like, your yeah. soul greets her gnome soul. No must stay. <laughs> I was like, I hate you. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, like, I don't like it when people yell, but sometimes you can make it funny. Yeah. And that is, it. even like that exact ex- example mm-hmm. is, um, I think it might have been uh, Sonny Dollywell years ago. Like, I was doing a bit that kind of did that, like, propose a rhetorical question to the crowd Mm -hmm. and Sonny as somebody that had done enough like club gigs and road gigs for drunk people was like I know that most crowds will think that's rhetorical (laughs) but be careful (laughs) anytime you end a sentence with a question mark you're just inviting the crowd to respond (laughs) especially if they're a little riled up (laughs) and I was like huh Shit. <laughs> Just got to have something in your back pocket for when it inevitably happens. Yeah. Um, but the Nomas Day was pretty funny. I, I, that was, was kind of, fuck. Oh, that's great. Just that's blew up great. my spot completely. <laughs> uh, that was pretty funny. But my, my one of my favorite ones that happened recently was at Yuck Yucks for a, like a queer event. And I've been doing this. I call it my Jeff Goldblum jizz joke. And I love it very much. Uh, but this, the setup is really meandering. Like it takes a while to yeah. get to the meat of the joke. And so yeah. it's, it's a bit of a risk. But yeah. Um, I, I make fun of the Stormcrow and part of the joke. I just like talk about the Stormcrow Tavern. And That's, so, and a girl the, in the, the bit that I brought back is making fun of the Stormcrow. Oh, shit. We should so, probably collaborate and find out if it's the same thing. But yeah. a girl in the audience goes, I work 
there. I was like, I don't care. And I yeah. just kept going. I'm like, that's nice. I said, that's nice. I don't care. And then just continued to tell the joke. Yeah. And that got one of the biggest laughs that night. Oh, yeah. It's just like, shut up, you drunk nerd. It's like, I bet you have Settlers of Catan. Yeah. You've got those dumb eight-sided pieces of water on cardboard. I hate you. I hate your whole culture. I belong to nerd culture, and I hate it so much. I'm a self-hating dork. <laughs> yeah, my my basic premise is just it's and the way that I in, started introing it was uh, it's like oh you know you know decades ago nerds were they were they were hated and then they were accepted and now they're like and then they became revered and now they fucking suck yeah <laughs> and uh, I don't blame them it's our fault we never should have given them their own bars. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's a whole bit about how it's, it's like, oh, it's, they, there's so many people that get so stoked about the Stormcrow, and I'm like, look, it's fine, it's a bar, it's cool, but they're like, oh, they're like, we uncracked bars, we figured, it's like, no, bars were already cool. Like, <laughs> you can get booze there. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you didn't Someone will have sex something. with you sometimes from yeah. a bar. <laughs> but then, yeah, and then, like, the end of the bit is that it's like, oh, it's like, you know, you you were sick. You didn't like jocks, and so you avoided sports bars. And then you made your own bar where adults care too much about games. Yeah, like that's <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. My joke isn't about the Stormcrow. It's just very quick uh, yeah. Aside. I never reference the yeah. Stormcrow, but it's that's exactly hilarious. what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> They're putting um, a Ludica in my building, uh, Pizzeria Ludica, which is a games and pizzeria. Uh, okay. And it's they're putting it in the basement of my building, That's tight. Uh, which is yeah. I mean, I love Neapolitan pizza very much. Everybody. <laughs> yes. Apparently, we have to update our homeowners insurance because they installed a restaurant. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they like was up in the set on fire. I guess. Like, yeah. Remember to update your insurance because there will be a pizza restaurant in our building now. I was like, what the fuck? Like, how does that change anything? And also, Got I'm on the 16th good, good floor on the other side, so I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to get pizza smoke in my house. But I hope it smells good <laughs> all the time. Want everything to smell like a margarita pizza. Margarita pizza. Margarita pizza. <laughs> but they're gonna have like 500 games in there, and apparently they have game sommeliers that will like teach you <laughs> what kind of game that you can play. I'm like, here's the thing: I hate this, 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 and this, and I only like these kind of games. They'll so be like, just fucking play Scrabble, you dumb idiot, <laughs> <laughs> or you smart idiot, I guess, if you like Scrabble so much. Pizzeria and game seems like a bad combo, just because like just so cheesy, factor. so greasy, yeah. yeah. A greasy pizza, a greasy puzzle. Okay, what's the shittiest game? The shittiest game is... Because I know the correct answer. Risk. That's a pretty good disagree. answer. Cards Against Humanity. I disagree that it's the shittiest game. It's a dumb game. And I love Risk, so you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like anything that takes three hours to play. That's true. such it a does, commitment. Yeah, it's like too. Monopoly for smart people who don't know how to have sex. I think this might also be this... <laughs> so I almost talked over that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you think Napoleon was good at fucking? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's the same reason why uh, the people that are so stoked about the Stormcrow are the people that like I don't I don't dislike the Stormcrow. Mm-hmm. It's that I dislike the excitement about it. Mm-hmm. It's I don't necessarily as much dislike Cards Against Humanity mm-hmm. so much as the idea that people have it's dirty. <laughs> it's that's so yeah, the <laughs> so the true. being pleased and you're like, with themselves. So fucking stoked. 
Just oh, I can make I can actually make racist jokes now because the cards yeah. say so, and it's a really fun way for me to get like. Just like you, you make dirty. a dirty joke with apples to apples, and you've got my back. Like I will. I made apples to apples very. I made cranium filthy. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, categories don't even get me started. It's just jizz left and right. <laughs> I don't know how you play games. <laughs> categories does kind of sound like a disgusting sex act. That's why I was I was like jizz everywhere, just scattered. <laughs> so the worst game is Cards Against Humanity. You're right though, is that people get so pleased with themselves about being yeah. bad little boys. Like, oh, look at us. Look at us. We're, we're like cheating on our ethics diet right now. <laughs> yeah, it's just can... none of it's creative. No. But there is an on someone made like this online um I guess emulator for a card game for Cards Against Humanity and I can play yeah. with my friends who live in the UK okay. um, and so every year when Christmas rolls around we'll all get on and play because like the, the time zone difference they'll be awake at like 2am because they're at their parents house Right. and so we'll play Cards Against Humanity online but it's like you get your own special decks you can like take out certain things or put in certain things and it's just like it, we don't make it dirty it's just supposed to be like well, then, how funny can you make it as soon as you start controlling it it's like a, it's a very fun construct mm -hmm. for a game I just don't like the literal cards that they have, right? Because mm. um, Like, oh, big black dick. Yeah. Ooh. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and my friends in, uh, especially in like first and second year university, would play uh, Things, which is essentially Cards Against Humanity, except with no pre-written cards. It's just okay. everybody has a piece of paper and a pen and they rip the shit off and put it in. Oh, okay. Hmm. And so you're just coming up with your own, like... You're saying uh, uh, things you wouldn't want to find in your morning coffee. This was an actual... This is basically family feud. And then you're just going around, coming up with your own bullshit answer to try to make people laugh. Okay, so this is like a cross between Family Feud and Balderdash, sort of. Yeah. Like, which sounds amazing, honestly. Yeah. Like, I love and this you're game And you're playing, you're playing with like a fun group of people, and it's mm -hmm. like it can get real dirty. Like, if you're my friend Al, and you think that it's funny for the third time to put the answer placenta in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Al's a wild card. Al's a wild card. He's <laughs> like, yeah, get that shit encapsulated and eat it. You'll gain energy after the birth of your child. <laughs> so say some midwives. Al, yeah. you're really informed about this. <laughs> Just. I live next to a pomegranate. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I'm just he imagining him taking out like, the little piece of paper and then just unfolding it and unfolding it to keep reading. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, and then you pill it, and then with, with the help of a midwife. And why is this? So <laughs> you know, some doctors debate the veracity of this treatment, but <laughs> my acupuncture place has an ad for a placenta encapsulator, and it's just eatyourplacenta.ca. <laughs> <laughs> was taken. <laughs> you gotta know that it's a Canadian-based business. That's very essential. Uh, eat your placenta dot biz. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, everybody's doing it these days. Oh, oh fuck. Yum. <laughs> Let's take it with your fish oil. I ran into a friend of mine who's a new midwife. She's doing her practicum placement or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I just got back from a water birth at St. Paul's. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think that they do those there. She's like, they don't. <laughs> it was an accident. Oh. <laughs> she was, the woman was just having, she was taking a bath. And then suddenly she was just like, well, the baby's out of me. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> That's a, yeah, things just went a little sideways. Yeah. Cool. Oh, God. <laughs>
Oh wow! You know, Chris is a doula, Chris is a doula, a lapsed doula, mm-hmm. lapsed, lapsed Catholic, doula. lapsed doula. <laughs> yeah, we I'm... were uh, talking Halloween costumes because we're doing we're sort of trying to do a Halloween episode around your episode that we are recording now. We're really peeling peeling back the curtains. Right. Stop talking about the process on the podcast. Uh, the, pro- the podcast is about the process. <laughs> Chris laying bare the work. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, uh, and God. Chris was a cardinal. And people were very unsettled by her. All <laughs> I, I triggered a lot of people's like Catholic nightmares. Oh yeah, Catholic. My Catholic. costume was too good. <laughs> yeah, it was very compelling. I saw it. Was like, hmm. Yeah, I, compelling as in the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> yeah, but bid me make confession, please. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. <sighs> it has been thirty-two, almost thirty-three years since my last confession. <laughs> did you go to Catholic school? No, ah. I did go to whatever class they make you do. Catechism? Not Sunday school, but CCD, whatever the fuck that was, on a Wednesday. I didn't like it. I yeah. argued with our priest a lot. <laughs> she got blessed by Pope John Paul II. Twice. Oh. Twice. Oh, twice. Yeah. Twice blessed. <laughs> Too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I'm extremely stressed out. All anyway, we were talking about your comedy journey. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I don't yeah, know. And then we got onto placenta. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that does mean that we have traced the full path. Yeah, yeah. if you've gotten to placenta now. Yeah, your, your early days of playing this game, you know, <laughs> thinking up the weirdest shit that you can, yeah. being on stage, thinking up the weirdest shit that you can. Yeah. How long was it between your first stand-up performance ever and uh, when you started hosting King's Head? Oh, yeah, because you now run a... You were saying, like... Yeah, we've done a couple shows now. Yeah, okay. Um, so we... Was Kingswood your first? Uh, yeah, Kingswood was the first one that we ran. It became pretty legendary. I never got to do it, but um, that's life. I think, yeah, that was just, you, you started like pretty, pretty much, close to the end of it. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I started more than a year before yeah. it ended, so. Uh, so we started Kingshead in maybe July of 2014. Okay. And so the first time I had done stand-up was, I guess, a little over three years earlier. Oh, wow. Um, so you started in 2011? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I just talk like the chicken lady from Kids in the Hall all the time now, I guess. Look, just do whatever's comfortable for you. Oh, I'm chicken lady. <laughs> uh, I had... <laughs> wow. You guys are silly. <laughs> um, we like attention. I, yeah, I had had, I had been like semi responsible for like maybe two uh two one off shows before that. Like there was a time when like every few months at Goldie's it was like one newer comic would like run the show, mm. you know, and like come on down and it would be like their one go to like invite all their friends to a thing on a weekend. Right. But yeah, I hadn't really like run shows before King's Head, so me and James started that up. It ran for two years and then we spent People loved it. It was dope. It was... It was dope. It was a lot of fun. Because you're dope, and you have a dope life, and you do dope <laughs> shit, right? It was just... It was a very nice uh, combination of factors that all, like, went into it, right? Because oh, totally. there was... Uh, me and James are both, like, you know, local people that had our own networks outside of comedy to invite to, like, the first few shows. Mm-hmm. And we made sure that we, like... It was just, like... Especially for the first, like four or five months it was just like book the strongest acts no matter what only that like mm-hmm. it was like and just establish it as like this is a good place to go for comedy even mm-hmm. if you don't know the folks it's going to be yeah we never um i mean and to this day like we we don't really uh sell our shows on the headliner mm-hmm. we just kind of like 
it's just a good showcase. Yeah, because I think, I mean, a lot of, like, I mean, and to be frank about it, like, a lot of times nobody knows who that headliner is, even mm-hmm. if they're fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like, there's only a handful of people... Who know uh, anything about local comedy. Yeah, and even, comedians. like, within the local comedy, like, only a handful of people that would actually have, like, draw, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we're just like, oh, let's just make it a fun show. Let's make it mm-hmm. cheap. Like, there's certain people over the years that have been, like, you know, especially at King's, they'd be like, you know, you guys could charge more than five bucks for it. And I'm like, well, then I think people, pe- nobody would feel like they got ripped off, yeah. but they'd probably be like, they wouldn't be as inclined to come every week. Yeah, if you if you charge more than $7 for a weekly show, people won't pay. Like they'll pay yeah. they'll pay 10, 12 for a monthly, but not not yeah. weekly. Yeah. Yeah. It's and you know, if somebody pays 5 bucks and then I mean, at King's Head it was like beers, cans of beer were 3.50 mm-hmm. and now at full pint, like a full pint is only 5.50, so it's like when you have when That's people That's the name are, of the show. What? Yeah. <laughs> I just got it. <laughs> just kidding. I already know what it was. But, uh... Your facial expression was so strange. (laughs) For a second, I thought you were listening, like, something bad was happening, like, outside or, like, downstairs. Like, it really, that unsettled me quite a lot. (laughs) I'm your cardinal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we just like the idea that, like, oh, somebody can come to the show, have a bunch of laughs, and have, like, a little bit of buzz on, Mm -hmm. and have paid $17. Yeah. And then, like, they're like, oh, yeah, now they're telling all their friends about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that was like a hundred percent our whole thing going into it, and with your King, mission statement. Yeah, <laughs> with the King's Head being in a nice little neighborhood in Kitsilano, a lot of people can walk to it and stuff. It all just kind of worked out. So yeah, but then it all got fucked up. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> the Fire Nation. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you know how it goes. But they they did a Reno, and then they just fucking dropped it. Hey. Oh, uh, Reno, ha- so the Renos happened because, uh, the place got sold. Mm-hmm. So it was new owners, and the new owners were very supportive of comedy, and they mm-hmm. wanted to bring it back, and so we were like, sure, <laughs> sounds good, we'll try it out, but then just with, like, every little change they made, made the show worse, <laughs> mm. oh. and so it was actually, it was us that pulled the plug. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, so... After six shows back, we were like, yeah, it's no. It's not doing it the That's same way. And the, they, room, the room was totally changed around and stuff like that? or uh, I mean, Whatever. when you walk in, it doesn't seem like drastic changes, mm-hmm. but it was, it was... I mean, I think the big thing that happened was we used to nestle the stage up kind of right in front of this brick wall at the back there. And classic. There was, classic comedy. Yeah. Bit. And it was kind <laughs> of... And... Uh, like, have you have you been there before? No, I don't go okay. to Kitsilano if I can avoid it. Yeah, fair. <laughs> no disrespect. It's just really fucking far. <laughs> oh, yeah. From from here, what what am I going to transfer? From New West. It's oh, from New West, yeah, too. That's yeah, that's where I live. Yeah. So it's bloody but, far. But uh, it's a weird little indoor tree fort of a place with, like, weird, like, levels and stuff okay. like that. So sound but bounces. and Sound bounces a little bit, but um, it all kind of, like, does sort of funnel down to this one spot in front of that brick wall. And... The area right in front of that had, like, a couple booths and some low tables and stuff like that. And it kind of worked out nicely because it meant that even on the the nights where we didn't have as high of an attendance, like, 25 people would f- fill up that lower area and you'd be like, oh, this is the show. Like, mm-hmm. And it all kind of, like, was very self-contained. Mm-hmm. It didn't let itself get spread out like crazy. Right. So it felt fun. But then one of the things... To me, this is the big thing that 
screwed up the room was they replaced right in front of the stage with a raised communal table. Mm. So Oh yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, like one of the big like, you know, psychological things behind making a comedy show work is like get things low, get things intimate and make audience members feel anonymous so that they feel comfortable laughing. And now we've stuck the entire front area of the crowd 16 people are at one table besides strangers. Mm. That is the problem we're having at yeah. my room, too. Yes. Yeah. And cool. they won't let us change the tables around, so. Yeah, whereas at Grand Valley Brewing, they're like, they let us change the tables around, so now. They let us do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> Our cool new stepdads are rad. <laughs> but yeah, they've been so great there. They, like, they rearranged the room. It surprises like, the me that they're so flexible, because they're, like, a very, like, branded organization like yeah. they're they're a big deal like their their brier their brier is yeah. is everywhere mm-hmm. we had their to get goes everywhere <laughs> it's like the first craft brewery we had isn't it yeah i believe so yeah so yeah late 80s mid to late 80s something like that it was like the first local brewery that wasn't just like the big molson <laughs> factory <laughs> yeah <laughs> that you can smell for miles yeah. <laughs> mm, wart. but yeah so it's uh it's a little bit of an extra challenge getting people to, like, make the commitment to going to Granville Island. Mm. Even though, like, when you're actually going there, it's like, oh, this is easy to get to. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's right beside a bus stop. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know? a little bit of a trek down kind yeah. of thing. But, it feels so more like an event. There's a psychological distance a little bit yeah. for Granville Island. But the, the, bur- the pub is usually pretty full, is it not? Or? Uh, not at night. Oh, okay. So I guess I, every time I've gone by there, there's been, like, a lineup out the door, yeah. but I only over there during the day. Yeah, so. it's... Pump full during the day with tourists. Mm-hmm. That good, good tourist dollar. Good, good tourist money. Yeah. But, I mean, the shows have still been going good. We're just, uh, we're hoping to get it uh, back up to uh, King's Head levels at some point. But. Yeah. It's, right. Running a show is just really, it's challenging. It's, you you have just to can't think about, stop. You, have, you can't, yeah. You, it just keeps happening. You're like, oh, God, another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so much. Yeah, I get I get tired. Sometimes I think about stopping, but then I also love it. It's the same yeah. thing. It's the same thing I feel about doing comedy. Like I like organizing things too. Like mm-hmm. I like being in charge of stuff. I like getting to decide who talks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the power. <laughs> it's when you're talking about putting a venue together, it makes me want to like run a venue. <laughs> I think that would be really fun yeah. to like how can I make it like the perfect venue for comedy so that people will actually like performing there and people will actually like to come yeah, in. Yeah, you get it super perfect. It would be the best place ever. It would run for a year and then somebody would buy it out and turn it into a condo. That's how that would work. <laughs> ah, shit. It'd be true. like, wow, this thing is really, really like fortifying our community. What a wonderful space. Oh, condo it. <laughs> <laughs> and that that was that's like one of the reasons why we're stoked to be at like Granville Island Brewery because it's like they're not they're not, they're not gonna get bought out they're not selling their spot mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know it's it you know it comes with its own challenges and stuff but it's like we're finally it's like it's a small bar that wants to bring people in but it's also not a struggling small business yeah so there's some flex there which is nice that's good Got yeah it. so the 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 variabilities or variables I guess is the word I'm going for yeah. no variabilities let's very, do it sure just add a couple extra useless yeah. syllables in there <laughs> but it can be so there's just so much to think about mm-hmm. with everything you know mm-hmm. and it's, yeah it's, like your show like management changed and there's different stuff yeah you know and it's you, more formalized now and it's a little bit more difficult to get things but I can get things in writing instead of just like a vague promise mm-hmm. so, so it's just different. Yeah, it's it's 
it's, it's a thing I think comics should have to do for a bit, is they should probably... But everybody has their thing that they think comics should do. They should go on the road. You should bomb. You should do open mics constantly. You should be performing three times a night. You should... Yeah. It's like, But having the experience of actually running a show maybe will make you better about how you like act on other shows or something oh, like that. Absolutely. Like, yeah. like, treating, like treating the booker nicer. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and just like, like keeping my own records and like knowing where I have to be when I have to be and having a consistent calendar. Whereas there are some people who are just like, Oh, I forgot. I'll be there as soon as I can. You know? Yeah. And those people are not our favorite <laughs> people. So I try to be as organized as a, as a performer as I do as a showrunner, but it's, it's just hard, man. It's, it's tough. Cause you really don't make money doing it. You have to be content to, to, eat social capital all the time pretty much because that is that's what you get for doing it is is people like you people want to work with you Mm -hmm. and that's very important but it does not buy you full pints of anything (laughs) we get we get some we get a couple free beers i like your little shimmy yeah (laughs) a little free beers sometimes it's pretty cool Oh man! And so, what uh, what day is this full pint comedy show? Oh, is it every every single Tuesday. Oh, very nice. Doors at eight, show at nine. Nice. You can listen to our podcast in the morning and then come to your show at night. Oh, Tuesdays what, are amazing. What a wonderful way to spend a day. <laughs> yeah, get a life, guys. If that's what you're doing, that seems like a waste of your time. Just kidding. Do it. Do it. Consume us. <laughs> Eat what we make. Katie's please. into vor now. <laughs> Katie's into vor now. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, we're, this is going to come out next week, so it'll be after me doing your show, so I can't yeah. promote it for my <laughs> sake. Just go anyway. I'm very excited that the theme is werewolf bar mitzvah. Oh, oh yeah. spooky, scary. <laughs> Boys becoming men. Men, men becoming, becoming wolves. wolves. <laughs> well, with that. That's my favorite. All right. Thank stand. you so much for joining us, Colin. My absolute pleasure. It was very, pleasure. very nice to chat with you. Um, I've, only, I've only met you one other time before when yeah. we hung out with Todd Glass. For a very short amount of time, and I was like, I don't know any of these people. They're just like all these like good good comedy boys, and And they're all a little mean. (laughs) (laughs) I have a hard time hanging out with comics because I'm still a little bit soft. I just can't. I can't take. I'm like, you guys are all so mean to each other (laughs) and to me. (laughs) There's, I mean, there's certain groups of comics that I like. I'm like, it's like even if I'm friends with them. Just there's certain combinations of people where I'm just like, all of a sudden I'm just like, well, I'm just quiet. I just don't mesh with this, mm-hmm. you know, this tone. You and go back speed. to your introvert child. Yeah, like I can't. State. <laughs> like whatever wave you're pushing out, I can't ride this one. No, I'm going to take my boogie board back to the shore now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how I feel 100 percent of the time. I think I need to reapply sunscreen, guys. <laughs> I'm getting a little toasty. See you in a bit. All right. <laughs> you get into your little cabana and take a nap because <laughs> it's just tiring out there. Yeah, I can't you know? tuck. I get tuckered out. It's like a t- I just uh, just get so tired sometimes. <laughs> um, anyway, but you're very nice and very funny. Yeah. Thanks for doing our show. Is there anything else you want to plug other than your your weekly? Oh, just yeah, come to the show. Uh, I mean, I'm on I'm on your your twitters and your Instagrams and all your things. If People feel like doing that, but come to come to Full Pine. That's the thing. Yeah. It's a fun place to be. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right on. All right. I have nothing to plug. Do you? Nope. Cool. Bye.